Hey there, welcome to this episode of Zen Mama in the Addict. This is Mary, and I just wanted to check in um, after last week's episode and thank everyone that sort of had comments and um, held space for my struggle, but also for sharing yours. And um, I realize how much we really all do need to share. And I have to say, sometimes when we do share, we feel a little bit of a vulnerability hangover. And I'm no exception to that, I'm kind of putting my life out there. But all the feedback I get from you guys is so appreciated and just helps me to know I'm on the right path. So this week, I do want to let you know that Kate um, is home, uh, staying with Jeremiah and trying to get her feet back under her and doing okay, but needs, I think, a little bit of time to catch her breath and get herself um, going in the right direction again. So we will have a follow-up episode. Perhaps we'll talk that through. We'll just see what feels right to be sharing. And... You know, just take it as it goes. But I do want to let you know she's doing all right and trying to get herself back on the path. And, you know, as I said before, right, relapse and recovery go hand in hand. And that's just the journey. And at some point, maybe both your tracks um, or your wheels get in both those tracks and you keep going steady for a long time, maybe for your whole lifetime. And there's definitely people doing that. But the reality is there's lots of these in and outs before you get going. So it's hard. You heard um, the hurt I had. And I'm definitely keeping a little distance because I'm trying to still figure out after many years how to be with this in the healthiest way for both Kate and me and my family and the kids. Um, And so we're just figuring it out. And I guess I'm sharing that. And I know some of you can relate to that journey of figuring out. So I'll continue to let you know. But for right now, I'm just really, you know, sending love. I just talked to her a couple times, and um, she's definitely spending some time seeing the kids um, at Jeremiah's, and that heals everybody's hearts, but with lots of support and really just trying to get her not to distract herself by piecing out um, together the exterior of her life, but giving her space to actually um, take care of herself. So, again, what she chooses to do with that is her choice, and we'll see how that unfolds. This week, um, I really wanted to share a resiliency tool with you, and I have a series on mindfulness because mindfulness has become a huge tool in my life to stay well and resilient, um, to ride all these waves of normal struggle, right? I mean, we all have it. And so I'm going to be introducing my story of mindfulness, there'll be a practice in here, and um, we'll have two more series of this. So any of you that are looking to have a tool in your life or want to understand what mindfulness is and how you can begin to integrate it into your life, it really is a powerful tool, and I'll tell you why. How do we rise again over and over? 
that is what we need to do, right? If we're going to lead a life that is joyful, or at least peppered with some moments of joy sprinkled in there. And to do this, um, I've had to just find my tools of resiliency over and over again um, to manage my stress, uh, to really be able to tap into what's real, right? I think um, we spend a lot of time on our stories and go down rabbit holes um, when it's not really necessary. And I think when you are walking uh, the path of addiction and recovery uh, with someone you love, or with the children of someone they love, you have to find ways to be with it that don't destroy you. And the stories are hard in their realness, but I think that they can be made worse um, by the thinking mind that um, creates uh, worry and fear uh, constantly. <laughs> it's our survival mechanism, right, to scan for negativity. And so when we have things in our life that are really hard, um, it can kind of build on that. So we need to rein it in. And so I'd like to share with you just some of the practices of mindfulness and why um, I think that could be helpful for you, for anyone, not just in dealing with addiction, but in dealing with any struggles in life whether it's a disease you're dealing with, a difficult um, relationship, or at a crossroads in your life, or just any uncertainty, I have a few things to share with you. So mindfulness, which we can define as present moment awareness, um, sounds simple. It's about being in the present moment um, and not in all the stories in your head. And sometimes the present moment is hard, um, but... It, it, it's all that's real, actually. And, um, and when we can develop a practice that brings us present and into our bodies and out of our heads and our stories, it allows us to reset the dial. So doing a simple practice of mindfulness um, can be anything from a walking and feeling your feet as they hit the ground, connecting to the earth, it can be taking a nice deep breath in and slowly exhaling and letting your body relax and so that you can um, bring your attention to the present moment. And you can do that by listening to the noises around you. You maybe close your eyes and listen. You feel the temperature of the room that you're in. And you just feel the sensations in your body. And you notice your thoughts. But you try not to get caught up in them when you notice your thinking mind, your worry mind. You see it, you acknowledge it, and then you come back to your breath, to the sensations in your body or the noises around you. And if it's too hard to close your eyes and come inside, you could simply name the things around you right? The idea is to stop the thinking mind and to come into the present moment. And when we do this, not only is it kind of a a relief, like to let everything slide away for a moment, um, but it's also 
doing things within our body. It's like a little exercise for the brain. You know, we've learned how to work out our physical body to be strong. Well, this is um, the new neuroscience around practicing mindfulness is that it helps to um, cool off the overactive areas of our brain that trigger when we're stressed, right? And then it actually builds other areas of our brain, our prefrontal cortex, the part in front of our brain, that allows us to pause before we respond, that gives us a little ability to control our reactions and eventually to be compassionate and loving and find moments of joy. But most importantly, when we begin these practices, we are creating a pause between all the struggle and um, the moment that we're sitting in. And when we're constantly um, on overdrive, I know when I first started having the kids stay with me all the time, um, I couldn't do things fast enough, you know. Um, I was multitasking all the time. I was over-functioning all the time. And it really felt necessary in those first months, years, <laughs> when they were little. Um, and I don't know if it was or not, but it certainly felt like it. Felt like I had that, um, you know, that ball, that boulder rolling, and if I didn't keep moving, it was going to crush right over me, right? I'm sure some of you can relate to that feeling, Um, and there was a lot of doing when you're caring for four children under the age of seven and working full-time, right? And I still had a 16, 17-year-old at home and another adult child with a child. (laughs) So there's a lot. You know, our lives can be really full and it can feel really overwhelming. And that's why, um, as I mentioned earlier, when we set our bar high um, and we think we can fix everything, we can really um, sacrifice our own health and well-being in the process, right? Burning out. And I really couldn't afford to burn out because I had a lot of people depending on me. So other than mindfulness, the other thing I learned how to do was to ask for help. Um, which was hard for me, right? When I raised my first family, I was kind of of the, hey, no worries, I got this. I don't need, uh, I don't need your help. It's okay, it's all good. Because um, I thought I could own and control it all, right? And I guess that's one of my biggest lessons is that um, I can't. And I can love, I can hold space, I can nurture as much as I'm allowed to give without sacrificing my own health and well-being, um, but I can't control anyone's outcome, right? I can uh, teach them to hold space for the pain and the fear and the vulnerability and acknowledge that and hold hope and dream and set intentions of how we want things to go, how we want to steer our boat, but our boat must be steady first. And that's where the practices of mindfulness come in, of journaling for me, writing, of yoga, moving my body, and kind of they say that our issues are in our tissues. So we move and allow space and breath to unstick those stuck emotions and to keep our bodies flexible and therefore our minds flexible to move with a constant change.
So I like to invite the idea of a mindfulness practice as just fundamental to understanding and being aware of where your attention is going. Um, Even between our cell phones and technology, on top of the pace at which our world is moving, we really need tools to um, grab our attention back. (laughs) That is one thing we can control, but we have to work at it. And first we have to be aware um, that it's getting sabotaged a little. I shouldn't say sabotaged, but it's getting um, pulled, right? So bring it back. And then we can, the one thing we have control over is where we place our attention. That's the power of choice, right? And that's the A of the ABCs of mindfulness. Um, Coming up with a practice, um, a mindfulness practice, which I um, have one on my channel to share. Um, But there's a lot of good mindfulness practices out there, but it's finding your seat or laying down. So you just stop your physical movement for this particular practice that I'm gonna share. And you just sort of stack your body in an upright way or relax it against the earth. You close your eyes. If that's too hard, you just look around and you name what's there and you take a deep breath in through the nose and you exhale it out the mouth. And you do that two more times, deep breath in through the nose and a slow exhale. And one more time, breathe in. And as you breathe out, just imagine this letting go of any tension, any worry that can go out with your breath. And then come back to your breath, just your normal flow of breath. We're not trying to change anything When you start a mindfulness practice, you're just trying to sit for a moment in stillness. Let your body relax. Notice where you're holding on tension and see if you can soften your muscles and bones. If you can't, that's okay. Just notice how your body feels. If you're feeling stressed and tense, just notice it. Call it out. Sometimes when we just name things, they lose their power a little bit. It's an opportunity to free things up a little. So you breathe and you notice what your breath is like as you breathe in and out. Maybe you notice how your body changes with your breath, right? You breathe in, your body expands in certain places, and you breathe out and it relaxes back to its normal shape. And then you notice that your mind might be wandering in thought, judging your practice, or this time spent when you had so many other things to do. But just notice that and then choose to come back to your breath. Or alternatively, you could just listen to the noises around you. You could feel the sensations in your body areas of ease or discomfort. You could feel what the temperature of the room you're in is like. 
And then you notice if your mind's getting pulled away, thinking again. And you acknowledge it, right? And then you come back. You feel the sensations in your body. You hear the noises. You find your breath. And that's a mindfulness practice. And you can sit for a minute and do that. You can sit for five or ten. Whatever you can do. And if it feels too hard to sit, which it sometimes does, you could go for a walk. And you could try to notice if your mind's busy. You could really look around at the beautiful things around you. Or the annoying things, whatever comes up for you Um, but we try not to judge that's part of the practice is we try to just see what's really there try to get the emotions out of the way a little bit Um, and be present notice when your mind's in story and come back and breathe our breath is a really powerful tool it's our superpower And that's the A in the ABCs of mindfulness. My next share, I will talk about B, which is balance. And then I'll further share C, which is our connection, which cultivates compassion. Thanks for hanging out with me for a little bit as this unfolding, um, I don't know, story continues. And I just really hope to connect in a way that is meaningful um, to you, to anyone that shares the struggle of addiction or other types of struggles that are similar, um, or just the simplicity of being human, which is far from simple, but the struggle is our common denominator. And... um, I think that we can find our way through, but it's not by resistance, it's by acknowledging what's there, by feeling it and knowing it's a natural response to our circumstances. Um, And then we find the joy on the other side, and that is by finding our tools of resilience, and that is what I hope to share with you um, in our journey together. Have a wonderful day. Namaste.